Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon on this Wednesday. Glad to have you with us on the Super Talk Mississippi network of stations. It's the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander along with producer engineer Michael Mergens in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson in Laurel. Lots to talk about today. We'll do so with Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. He'll be coming up a little bit later on in the program. Plus, discuss other things going on in Southern Miss athletics. But right off the bat, we want to go to the Super Talk Mississippi hotline and talk to the commissioner of the Sun Belt Conference, Keith Gill, who his conference became the first conference since 1978 to have three of its teams win in a weekend where all three of those teams were at least 15 point underdogs. Commissioner Gill, you must be grinning like a show dog today. Congratulations. Sunbelt on the move. Tell us about it. Yeah, thanks so much. Really appreciate you having me, and I'm really excited about the results on Saturday. You know, we won 10 games um, out of 14, so just that in and of itself is unbelievable, but, you know, three of the, you know, biggest wins certainly in our um, conference history with, you know, Appalachian State and um, their win over Texas A&M, top 10 team, Marshall and their win over Notre Dame, another top 10 team, and then obviously winning on the road in Nebraska is always a challenge. So, you know, hats off to Georgia Southern for what they did and Lincoln. So this is this is certainly a good sign for the future of the conference. And, and as a Southern Miss guy, I got to tell you, I'm kind of glad that we're in the West of, of the Sun Belt <laughs> right now. Cause yeah, those, you know. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, the East certainly, you know, and, you know, Bill Connolly called the East, you know, the best division and um, the non-autonomy five FBS. So, yes, I mean, the East is certainly strong, but I don't know that the West is any pushover. You know, I mean, I watched all of the um, South Alabama Central um, Michigan game. South looks really good. Um, I think Troy may have one of the best defenses in our conference. And then, obviously, Louisiana has the longest um, winning streak in the nation. So, in FBS. So, uh, I don't know that there's any easy outs, no matter what size of the, the draw you're on, but certainly – you know, the East was flexing on um, Saturday, that's for sure. Before I turn you over to Luke Johnson, what does it mean from a media standpoint to have just about every media outlet in the country leading with Sunbelt headlines and what your conference did? Is there any way that you can attach a monetary uh, value to that, or how would you describe it? I don't think so. I mean, I really just think it's priceless. You know, I mean, the, the amount of coverage we've got, positive coverage, you know, those games all played out on national television, 
to um, large audiences. You know, obviously Notre Dame plays on NBC and, um, you know, Texas A&M was on ESPN2. And so, um, you know, lot, millions of people got to see the Sun Belt play. And then afterwards, you know, millions of people got to see the highlights and the great things that we did. So I don't know that you can put a number on it. Uh, I'm sure if you did, it'd be really, really high. Um, you know, it's just exciting for us to show the nation what we already knew, which is Sunbelt plays really good football, really quality football, and, um, and certainly really doing some good things on the gridiron. Commissioner Luke Johnson here. We were joking before we went on uh, about some A-team references, but I'll quote Hannibal here. I love it when a plan comes together. And, you know, I I think it was special. At the end of the day, you look back, and one of those top five wins is against uh, a a member that has been in this conference for a long time. And then one of the new kids, uh, Marshall, you know, does it as well. I mean, I I was pretty symbolic about how strong the Sun Belt is and how strong it is now with, with these new teams. You know, I think that's right. You know, when you think about, you know, when our president uh, set out to um, kind of rethink the conference when in last year we had a chance to add some schools, you know, we wanted to add quality football programs, quality fan bases, and a regional footprint to our already quality football program with programs with good fan bases. And so, and we were able to do that, you know, I mean, there's no better brand in, in football than Marshall. And so to add them to, you know, there's no better brand in football than app, you know, and, and, and bringing in James Madison, who's, who's got a great band and a great fan base. And then obviously, and you know, the Southern Miss fans that hear me talk about this, you know, obviously the tradition of Southern Miss football is, is incredible. And especially for someone like me who grew up in Florida and used to watch Southern Miss, um, you know, beat the Seminoles when I was growing up and making me sad all the time. So uh, there's a lot of um, good football that was in the league. There's a lot of good football that came into the league, and I think it's a great, a great marriage. This coming week, uh, already the Sun Belt with four Power Five wins this year. Texas State's at Baylor, Old Dominion's at uh, Virginia, uh, Monroe's in Tuscaloosa against the Crimson Tide. But I know where you'll be. And uh, how, how special is it, though, that that College Game Day in in, in week three this year, they're going to be in Boone, uh, an opening conference game for Troy and Appalachian State. I know you'll be there. That, that's that's pretty impressive for this conference to be exposed on a national level this early in the season. Yeah, you know, it really is amazing, you know. Uh, and you think about it, it's a conference game as well. So um, we're really going to put the spotlight on App State, which is a um, great program, great tradition, great fans, great institution. But also the spotlight goes to Troy as well. And, um, and you know, when that set, you know, when they open up and the set's there, you know, that Troy helmet's going to be there right with that App State helmet. And, um, and, so, and that's great for the conference. It's going to be great exposure. It's going to be great to showcase kind of the weekend that we just had. You know, the few years that we've had, you know, we've had success. I mean, it's not like this year is the first year we've done this. You know, in week two of 2020, we had three wins over Big 12 teams um, all in the same week. And um, and so it's, um, it's, it's, just, it's just great that we get to have this kind of infomercial for the college uh, football community that showcases how good our league really is. Yeah, I would assume, are you going to be able, are you going to be interviewed or, or a part of that or sometime during the game to, to further talk about this conference? Yeah, you know, I, that I'm not sure. You know, I know a lot of folks are working on kind of media opportunities. So, you know, hopefully I'll get a chance to um, talk a little bit more about the Sun Belt. But the one good thing is even if I don't, um, all the vignettes and all the storylines will 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 kind of do that for me. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of it's that's the beauty of game day. You know, there's going to be so much, so many minutes of programming that it's it's going to be a great 
kind of um, window into the quality um, of the Sunbelt Conference. Commissioner Keith Gill is with us, the commissioner of the Sunbelt Conference. Commissioner, the fact that Clay Helton, even though he fell upon hard times at Southern, at, uh, at Southern Cal, uh, took the job at Georgia Southern, if there was not a legitimization of the Sunbelt before then, did the hiring of Clay Helton and Helton accept, accepting that job more legitimize the Sunbelt to perhaps some onlookers and third-party people uh, in this country? Yeah, you know, I, I think certainly that's one part of it. I mean, I think obviously Butch Jones uh, being hired at Arkansas State and him taking that job, I think that matters. I think when you look at, you know, Coach Napier getting hired away from Louisiana and going to um, Florida, I think you can look at a lot of different things um, that kind of show you, you know, the respect that Sunbelt football has and, and kind of how it has been nationally legitimized, whether it's Coach Helton or the Coach Jones, or the Coach Napier, and and all the other coaches. You know, Coach Chadwell. Um, you know, was Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year not too long ago, and I um, mean, so it's it's really there's been a lot of recognition for the quality football um, that's being played in, in in the Sun Belt. And some of our sources in the Midwest say that Chadwell is being courted by Nebraska. Uh, that might be a scoop that we've got here on the Eagle Hour, but that uh, Jamie Chadwell, uh, the folks in Nebraska, want to talk to him a little bit about this, but in the negotiations with bowl games and so on, does, does any of this, is, is everything bowl wise kind of set in stone already or how much flexibility do you, do you have if some of the teams in the Sunbelt wind up being better than the national prognosticators thought they were going to be? Yeah. You know, so the bowl stuff is kind of set via contracts. We're working on some opportunities now to try to expand our offerings just because with the added schools, we're just going to need some, some more opportunities. And so, Hopefully we can get some of that done this year. Um, so, so all those things are set, but you know we're working hard to you know expand the opportunity so we can get our um, teams into the right bowls with the right matchups. Well, you know when you look at the history of this conference, when Appalachian State went to Michigan and beat the Wolverines years ago, and now they've, I, I think, I dare say that after they beat Texas A&M this past week, App State's going to have to go looking for games, because I don't, I don't think, I don't yeah. think anybody's going to want to play them anytime soon. You know, it's so. funny, it's already been, their scheduling's already been tough, you know, if you think about it, um, you know, I think they're, they're two and three, maybe against the A5 in the last um, five years, and, um, and if you think about it, or maybe in the last three years, but there were five years, and two of those losses, they went to overtime. Went to overtime with Penn State. Went to overtime with Tennessee. You know, and so, um, so yeah, they come to play every time, and and they so they've been struggling with scheduling um, for a while now. Um, and, and obviously, this isn't going to help them. But what I tell you is, it's a good problem to have. You know, I mean, because that means that you're winning important games and you're winning games against um, you know nationally um, relevant teams. And so, and at the end of the day. That's who we want to be. You know, we want to be a nationally relevant conference. I think we already are. And we want to continue to um, kind of grow our profile and, and, um, and keep winning football games. And Georgia State nearly beat North Carolina and, and did beat Auburn last year, although the score <laughs> did not indicate that. Commis- <laughs> Commissioner Gill, nothing but continued success, and thank you for joining us on the Eagle Hour today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's always great to talk to you. Commissioner Keith Gill of the Sunbelt Conference. Luke and I will talk more about the implications of the wins this weekend and update you on other things around the Sunbelt Conference when the Eagle Hour continues after these commercial messages.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. The show continues from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly Sander and Michael Mergens with you in the Berg. Hoop Johnson in beautiful downtown Laurel. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at Campus Bookmart, where they're open 24-7 on the web at Campus Bookmart, campusbookmart.net, I think it is. Uh, on Hardy Street, they're right across from the main entrance of the university. You can't miss them. Big yellow building, bright yellow building. And they've got the bigger sizes for us full-figured guys to, for all your Southern Miss swag. And a salute also to our friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Now, if you like tailgating like I do, the last thing you have to worry about is wanting to prepare food or, well, in my case, make food that doesn't kill people. <laughs> so <laughs> leave the people at Dickie's to take it. keep telling you, wash your hands. Yeah, well, no, no more than that. Just I'm just not a very good cook. But uh, I don't have to worry about it because the guys at Dickie's will always, uh, always fix you up. Ready for that tailgate party this weekend against Northwestern State. The Demons coming to town out of the Southland Conference. Luke Johnson, your reaction to what the commissioner had to say? Well, I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to put. I, I liked what he said about the the term priceless. It, it's hard to put any type of value on the fact that you, as you said, what you do, you you win against two top ten teams. Um, you're the headline of of really every college football coverage, and the week, and and it, and it goes on for a week because college game day. You know, the epicenter of college football is going to be, you know, in Boone this weekend for, I should say, two Sunbelt teams. So it's not just like App State's getting the coverage. I mean, Troy is front and center now with college football, and, you know, it's both it, it's both divisions. So, you know, it could get brought up about Sunbelt expansion and realignment, and that means Southern Miss gets mentioned. I mean, it's just, it, 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 to use his word, it's priceless, the coverage that they've been getting the last, you know, 72 hours or so and what they'll get throughout this weekend. Well, to put it into real estate terms, your, your property value just went way up. Did it not this past weekend for any schools that might potentially be looking for a new home or for schools that might get left out in the cold when re- reorganization takes place? Yeah, and, and to use, because my dad's been doing real estate over 40 years, it's location, location, location. That's the secret to real estate. And guess where the blo- prize location is right now for a group of five teams? It's the Sun Belt. Um, somebody joked over the weekend, you know, after this weekend, there's really only two power conferences in the country right now, the SEC and the Sun Belt. So, um I, and I, I would say, you know, we, we beat Texas a But anyway, I, I just say that, Kelly, to say you you and Bob were on this Sunbelt train probably a year before I was. And, I mean, you guys were right. I mean, it it is the cream of the crop now in the group of five. Um, and it, it's just it, it's really cool to be a part of it. And, and the fact is, on Saturday when Southern Miss finished, I wanted to watch Sunbelt games on the television. I wanted to I wanted to watch our conference compete against Power 5 schools and they did. They won 3 games. Now I know I know that I've been p- perhaps drinking a little black and gold Kool-Aid here, but really we talked with the commissioner about the strength of the East and if you throw those school Troy, South Al, Coastal, Crap State Although respectfully App State now with, This week they got to be App Yeah, State. that's right. And Georgia Georgia State you know, the East from the surface right now looks to be brutal. Now, in the West, the fact that Eastern Michigan did what it did to the Cajuns and that the Cajuns had to score four touchdowns 
in the fourth quarter to win that game tells me that although the Cajuns are good, they may not be indestructible like a lot of people think they are. So am I drinking the black and gold Kool-Aid, or do the Eagles potentially, if they play up to their capabilities, certainly like the first half they did against Miami, if the Eagles got a shot, dare I say, to win the West? Well, I mean, you don't know really what, what UAB's got, but it made me feel better to watch Liberty beat UAB 21-14 because, you know, the Eagles haven't you know been able to, to do much against UAB the last several years apart from – uh, you know, drumming them a few years back, but that that made me feel better. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you look at you look at the uh, the West right now, South Al, which I mean, I know it's Central Michigan, but that's a long trip, right? And things happen on long trips, and they took care of business on the road. Arky State, Texas State, Troy, ULM are all one and one. Eagles are are at the bottom and zero and two. But you look at who the Eagles have played. Um, so I say all that to say, I'd, I'd still think I think the West is far more up in the air right. um, than, than what we thought. And I'll tell you who you need to watch. I know they played North Folk State, but the Dukes have put up over 100 points you in lo- the first two weeks. You love the Dukes. I, I just, I mean, here's the thing. We, we're not playing them, so let them, let them make noise over there. You know, I can be for them every game they play, unless it comes down to, you know, a tiebreaker about who we would play, you know, if, if we made it to the championship game or whatever. But, I, I I mean, there's something to be said for that. They've come in, they curb-stomped Middle Tennessee in, in game one, and then, you know, Norfolk State, which is a team that used to be in the same, you know, division as them, they, they destroy them, put up 50-something. So, I mean, that's some impressive work. Coastal Carolina had to hang on to beat Gardner-Webb, and as you brought up with Commissioner Gill, there is rumblings out there that Nebraska's talking to him. So you wonder if Coastal's down a little bit and will this, you know, this – Head coach talk in week two or week three of the season, you know, calls maybe Coastal to slip down the stretch. Well, I think any coach, regardless of where they are in Division One, needs to proceed very carefully with that Nebraska situation because as there have been some major dumpster fires over the years at schools that are close to our heart, uh, there's probably no bigger dumpster fire right now in Division One than Nebraska. Now, let me ask you this, though, because this was a, a, a unique stat. You can't do what Scott Frost did at Central Florida, you know, and, and be fluky. I, I get where maybe you catch fire or whatever, but the dude had thirteen single-digit losses, you know, five, six, seven points, some less than that, and you just wonder if there's more than Scott Frost that was wrong or is continually wrong with Nebraska. Uh, I, I don't think so. I think I think coaching had a lot to do with that. And on the other side of the coin. You've got the guy at Liberty, Hugh Freeze. And look, I know I know that there are people that have mixed emotions about Hugh Freeze. But as far as coaching football goes, when you look at the number of less than one score games that Liberty has won, there has to be a reason for that as well. And I think a lot of that does come down That's to true. coaching. You know, I mean, every That's once true. in a while if it happens, but if there's a consistent trend, you know, it's that Freeze wins most of those one score or less games, you know, as he did against Southern Miss. And Scott Frost was losing all of those games. So whether it is coaching or not, there's that mindset that we're going to find a way to win if you're Liberty, or in Nebraska's case, we're going to find a way to lose. And yeah. that's certainly, you know, not what you want in your, your culture. I think it'll be interesting 
going forward to Luke is are we going to have this conversation about how strong the Sun Belt is becoming in basketball? Because if you believe all the outsiders that are writing about the Sun Belt Basketball League, they're not at all impressed about where the Sun Belt is as far as progression on the basketball court as they are as the Sun Belt on the football field. Yeah, I mean, I think we knew that coming in that it was going to be very strong in football. It was going to push to be, you know, one of the premier baseball conferences of uh, at any level. But basketball is a sport that you got to catch up because I mean, even in Conference USA, occasionally you could get two teams in the tournament. I mean, Sun Belt's pretty pretty solid one team. You got to win the win the tourney to get in. Back to football, kind of surprising to me that the only Ofer team in the East is Georgia State, and. Um, you know, they didn't compete as much, much week one as, as I thought, but I mean, they had a chance, scored 18 points in the third quarter against North Carolina and, and had a chance uh, uh, to win that. But right now, Coastal, Georgia Southern, James Madison, and Marshall all 2 and 0 um, in the East. And, and, you know, to your point, only two teams undefeated in the West. Everybody else is 1 and 1 except the Eagles. And an opportunity this weekend for some more noise. It, you can't make as much noise as you made over the last weekend, but, as I mentioned with the commissioner, Texas State is at Baylor. Uh, South Al is out in Los Angeles taking on UCLA. I mean, that's an opportunity for, for Kane Womack to have a, a big win. Old Dominion is is at Virginia. See how Georgia Southern responds. They go to Birmingham to take on um, UAB. Marshall's on the road at, at Bowling Green. Arkansas State makes a short trip down to Memphis. And then Georgia State hosts Charlotte. So, I mean, all those are games you know, that, that you're basically stacking – Maybe not so much uh, power five stuff, but you got a lot of group group of five where the Sun Belt, you know, could could go four and one, five and zero oh against group of five opponents, and continue to show that they're the preeminent group of five conference in football. And I'm not losing any sleep over this, but I just want to mention it that had Southern Miss stayed in Conference USA, there's not a lot of strength in the USA uh, Conference USA this year in football. This might have been the year the Eagles could have could have won, you know, their division in Conference USA. As you mentioned, Middle Tennessee getting throttled uh, by the Dukes that that first weekend. Um, there just hasn't been there. Now, Middle Tennessee did bounce back the next week, but then UAB being beaten by Liberty and certainly competitive as Southern Miss was with Liberty. So this might have been the year for Southern Miss, but I think everybody is pretty safe in saying good riddance to uh, to Conference USA, you know, moving forward. So another big weekend uh, coming up. Absolutely. But yesterday was competition Tuesday. At practice for the Golden Eagles. Tomorrow, Will Hall will be addressing the media after practice and probably have some announcements as to who's going to start where, who may be out, injury updates and all that. We're going to try to get a jump on that from Big Gold Nation's Heath Hinton. He will join us on the other side of this break. You're listening to the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Tuesday from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Luke Johnson, Kelly Center. Michael Mergens producing for us today. Happy to have you along. If you missed the first 
10 minutes of the show. You need to go back and listen on demand. Sunbelt Commissioner Keith Gill spent some time with us. Of course, you can go back to uh, on demand, supertalk.fm. Click on the Eagle Hour, or we're on a plethora of podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audible. I think that's all of them. There's a lot, lot. you got a lot of options, but you want to go back and listen to the commish. College game day in Boone this Saturday as Troy travels to take on App State. And uh, he talked uh, more about, you know, kind of what this weekend uh, means. Uh, last weekend, this coming weekend, it means for uh, the conference. Hey, Luke, I'm really into alliteration. So what was that What was that thing with the plethora of... What? Plethora of podcasting platforms. There you Wow. He would um, say we have a plethora of podcasting platforms. Yeah, there you, there you go. That. Yeah, I would. It, it's part of it's. I'm, I'm a I'm a preacher, and part of it is I'm Baptist. No, I'm, I'm weird. Don't worry about it. Just, yeah. Got it. Heath Hinton joins us from Mid Gold Nation as he does every Tuesday. Heath, let's spend some time looking back at Miami, and, uh, and then let's uh, let's let's look forward um, this coming week. Kelly's going to uh, be be asking you about maybe who's moving up, moving down the depth chart. I want to go back. Uh, key moments in the game for me. Second quarter, uh, we're offside. We end up intercepting it. Miami went up on that drive. Uh, a, a little later, I still can't figure out whether the referee misspoke or Miami got a, a down, uh, extra down on a, on a, uh, unnecessary roughness call. And then, of course, pass interference in the end zone, uh, was not called and it led to an interception. Those were key moments for me. Um, and, and I, I'm not at all, um, blaming the officiating, but I mean, I thought, I thought Will Hall showed, us what he wants this offense to be and i mean for for you taking everything i think zach wilkie played about as good as a freshman true freshman can play on the road at a big time school yeah i think when you're looking at what wilkie did guys it was to be in that type of atmosphere uh that game where it was 115 degrees on the field something like that which is a testament to uh Everybody playing that game, if you look in the second half, Southern Miss was in the sun the whole game where Miami uh, got to get a little break from that after the second quarter. So, I mean, you look at what Wilkie did. It was Were there mistakes made? Sure. But you expect that. But he was able to – he's pretty accurate with his arm, made some good throws, had Brownlee and them go up and make some nice catches. So, I think if you're Coach Hall, you look at what he did, you're pretty happy – uh, you got the ball down inside there with a couple times chance for through an interception that probably wasn't the best pass, but once again, a learning. That's a learning situation. I, it's, these are teachable moments that you're going to yeah. have when you play a true freshman quarterback. Not a redshirt freshman, but a true freshman quarterback who just got here in the spring. And we're talking about the game. I mean, you know, going into that atmosphere, there's going to. More than likely, you're going to have calls go against you. Calls not going to go your way. It just always seems to happen that way on the road. So, yeah. All in all, though, even though Southern Miss it was 37, there was a lot of good takeaways from it. Yeah, it was good. There was bad. The, the ugly part: 24 rushes for 33 yards. Yeah. The, look, their defensive line. The, they're they're really good. I mean, you looked at the couple of running plays. And they just, they got a bunch of four and five stars on that defensive line, and it showed. Um, it's hard to run the ball against them. But Southern Miss is able to move the ball, throwing the ball down the field, get the ball outside. So even though the run wasn't there, you wanted to run the ball better. 
you were still able to move the ball pretty well at times. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joins us on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline. Heath, tomorrow at practice, uh, Keys might take some snaps. Ty Keys might take some snaps. Uh, I'm getting word that uh, that he might be up to speed tomorrow. Even if that's the case, um, what what do you expect for Will Hall to say tomorrow as to who his starting quarterback will be? Well, he said today he uh, after competition they're going to go back and look at film. They'll they'll name a starter. I would, it may be a case to where both guys play. Maybe have both guys play. Um, we'll see what happens. They both got rips with the number ones today, so. I don't know. I think it's up to Will Hall. What decisions does he make? Uh, an injury usually doesn't mean you lose your starting position, but it may be a chance for Western State for both guys to get playing time, and it may be a, a situation to where it's a tryout. All right, who wants it more? Go up here and show me who wants it more. And uh, even though one guy's starting, another guy gets plenty of rips. We'll see what happens, but I think you might end up seeing both both quarterbacks playing. But but there are some, and I'll ask both of you this, because Luke obviously played at, at the collegiate level. Aren't there some, aren't there some really uh, downsides to playing two guys if they're, you know, does that then begin a quarterback, and I use the term loosely, controversy, or do you just need to go with, with one guy and it's his until he does something to lose, lose the position? Well, I think with this situation with Northwestern State, I think you can afford to go in there and play, too. I think you should be able to beat this team. Um, it is what it is. It, it doesn't matter who played a quarterback for Southern Miss. You ought to be able to win this game. So in this game here, I think you can go in and out and see which ones or see you know, which one rises to the occasion or the cream rises to the top, as some would say. In this game, but going forward, when you start getting in the conference or you go into Tulane, you want, I, I think Will Hall is the type of guy he wants to have that number one guy. He wants to have that starter in place. But for a game like this, this is a great opportunity for you to go in with two guys and see what you got. Luke Johnson, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think kind of the the rule book, and of course we're not holding Coach Hall to this. He knows all this all of this better than any of us. But kind of kind of the rule is you don't lose. You know your your position uh, to to an injury. I, I say that that's how Tom Brady and Brett Favre you know started their careers. But if Tykes is out one week and if he's healthy and ready to go this week, to his point, I think you can start him so that he can be in the best place mentally and with confidence. Um, you know to to play as he needs to play, and then of course because the game should should be in a position. You know, somewhere in the game, Wilkie can come in and get lots of reps. And I even think this is a game where Trey Lowe needs to get some reps, too. I mean, he's only had, what, two or three reps through two games? I mean, and, and he's your he's your third quarterback. So I, I think that this will be an opportunity for both Keys and Wilkie to get tons of reps, and even Trey Lowe can come in and uh, and work with the offense as well. All right, Heath Hinton on the injury front. Old news, of course, that Hayes Maples, the linebacker, out for the year. Now we learn that wide receiver Brandon Hayes, out of uh, who prepped at Oak Grove High School, he is done for the season as a wide receiver. Other than that, how are the Eagles uh, looking health wise? Really healthy, uh, really in good shape going forward, um, which is a good thing because I said uh, when you're playing. 
when the field temperature's 115 degrees, I mean, if you watch Will Hall during the game, you're just happy that you got out of that game with a few injuries or just little nicks and bruises, but nothing really uh, bad for the team. So, look, the team's pretty healthy. Football, you're going to have attrition during the season. Guys are going to get hurt. That's part of it. But they've had guys step up at linebacker and wide receiver. They're going to be fine at that position. What does what does playing Northwestern State, and again, all due respect to the Demons coming in here, which is a, this is a money game for them, but what do you look for in a game like this? If you're Will Hall, what do you want to try to get accomplished to an opponent that you really should comfortably handle? These are games that I've always called get-right games to where you're playing them, you know you should beat them, shouldn't be a contest, you should be out there trying to perfect what you do, correct the little things that you've done this week. Maybe this week you focus maybe not as much attention on Northwestern State, but you focus on fundamentals and really working on yourself, not as much working on Northwestern State. Sure, they're going to prepare for Northwestern State, I'm not saying that, but maybe you wouldn't take as much time during the week preparing for Northwestern State as you would preparing for a two-lane or preparing for a conference game. So I think this is what they call those get-right games where you get out there, uh, work on yourself more than anything, correct some mistakes, uh, move the chains, uh, work on running the football, something that you didn't do last week really well. It's one of those games where you try to shore up what you do well and get ready for the rest of the season going forward and pick up a win. Luke, anything that you'd like to see in this game in particular from the Eagles? Well, I mean, I, I think to that point, this is a game that people need to watch because this is a game where the way it sets up, you're going to be able to play a lot of people. Um, and you're going to be able to you know, show some of that depth that we've kind of talked about all all season long, uh, or, or all preseason long, I should say. So, you know, I expect them, you know, you, you don't probably won't show parts of the playbook, but you will probably, you know, do some things to see if you can do them in, you know, live game action. And, yeah, I mean, opportunity to get tons of reps at the quarterback position to run all of your running backs, and uh, I think that will help the Eagles – of course, at Tulane, but the rest of the Sunbelt Conference. Heath, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks a lot for, for joining us. Tell people real quick how they can be a part of Big Gold Nation. Yeah, just go to southernmiss.rivals.com or Google Big Gold Nation. Join us. Eight nine nine a month. A lot of fun. Just put a practice report out today. So uh, come on. Come remember and read it. That's Heath Hinton with Big Gold Nation. We'll step aside for our final break on this Tuesday. Eagle Hour will wrap it up after this. Southern Miss to the top. Appreciate Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joining us in that third segment. Third segment brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill at Hamburger Steak today. Always good food, $9.95 with an iced tea or a Coke or, yeah, for uh, for $9.95 on the. It's actually what I had today. You had the hamburger steak and what? Mashed potatoes, lots of gravy. Green beans and Texas toast and sweet tea. And it tea. was all 
Yeah. 995. Yeah. Good stuff. Appreciate their sponsorship. Of course, uh, always thank D1 and DBAT as they bring you this fourth segment every single day. DBATHattiesburg.com. Southern Miss sophomore outside hitter Mia Wesley for the second week in a row named the Sun Belt Offensive Player of the week. Lady Eagles uh, finished the the tournament this weekend, two matches to one, and uh, they'll get ready for Sunbelt um, schedule coming up really, really soon. All right, two Eagles yesterday. Shoot. Career lows in golf at the Jim Rivers in a collegiate sponsored by Louisiana Tech. Pat Ratatanian shot a 66. Ryan Dupuy shot a 67. Eagles finished yesterday with a one-shot lead over Louisiana State University. Right now for the tournament, they are 28 under in second place behind Middle Tennessee. A comfortable second place right now, five strokes ahead of LSU. Uh, both uh, Ratatanian and Dupuy second and fifth overall in the individuals. Good stuff from Eddie Brescher's troops down in Louisiana Tech. All right, a c- couple of corrections. We we uh, we have been told Kelly that Ty Keys did take practice snaps today. What does that What does that change in your mind? I think Will Hall's got a decision to make. I mean, yeah, I don't know how many snaps he took, and and we're gonna we're gonna be at practice tomorrow, so we'll be able to. You know, but I just, man, I to me, it's make make a decision and then go with it. I mean, again, I've never coached a game of football, and I totally trust Will Hall. But I, I kind of hope we don't see two or three um, quarterbacks unless the game gets out of hand or it's you know very comfortable. Then yeah. you would be doing that anyway. But he was actually asked about the possibility um, of playing two quarterbacks after practice today, and this is what Will Hall had to say. You know, David, I don't think I would take anything off the table, you know, right now. Uh, right now, I don't take anything off the table as far as trying to get this program over the hump. Anything we can do to get a win and to get some momentum going, uh, you know, we're willing to think about and do. We're an out-of-the-box program with a big toolbox. And uh, what we got to do, though, is we got to start executing better offensively. We've got to start scoring more points. And we think we're on the verge of an explosion right there, and it could be really fun once it does. Not taking anything off the table um, and p- factoring into that decision, Kelly, is, of course, how Zach Wilkie played um, this past weekend at Miami. This is what Coach All had to say about Wilkie's performance. Really, really accurate passer. He showed what we knew when we recruited him and signed him. He showed what we saw in spring. You know, when the ball leaves his hand, it goes right where it's going. He's like a professional dart thrower. You know, uh, I mean, it goes right where you want it to go. Thought he showed great poise in the pocket. He had some boneheaded plays, you know what I mean, that we would like to have back that that, that could have turned it. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where we're at. He's played one game where he made some really good plays and made some bonehead plays. Ty did the same thing in game one. we got two young guys that are really talented, and we're developing them and, and, and moving forward. Thoughts, Kelly? Man, I just – I'll be really interested to see what – because, you know, at some point he's going to name a starter, and a starter doesn't obviously mean that that person would finish the game, but I think it would certainly – lead you to believe that that's the person that that is the guy you know for now um and you guys talked about and again you played at that level so that an injury shouldn't take away your starting position but you know if you're a zach wilkie fan you're saying well what did zach wilkie do to to 
deserve to be, you know, QB2 again, you know, after that. Of course, Ty didn't play against Miami, obviously, so you don't know what he would have done. Um, but it is a good problem to have. And the fact that there are, that Southern Miss is so deep at the quarterback position, uh, good news for the future, but bad news for those guys in the sense that they're both the same age. So it's not like they're going to be, you know, one's a senior and one's a sophomore and one's the heir apparent. So competition makes people better and this is something i'm sure that will hall is is hoping will happen with both of these young men maybe he will name a starter tomorrow we'll see yeah and and again you know i I think there is something to be said for for naming ty for the simple reason is he, he gets his his position back and he can start the game in the best frame of mind and then it's it's all level right i mean that that's what it is it becomes a a performance game uh, after that, who who is up for the challenge? And to be honest, I mean, this is the type of game you want. You know, you want those guys to be able to to compete um, in a game that you feel like you should win. So, you know, as far as the quarterback uh, situation, we're zero and two. One and one would be a whole lot better. But it allows you to do what you need to do this week to get ready for Tulane. And you look up after four games, Kelly, you might be two and two. And, you know, these coaches make all this big money, you know, compared to us regular, you know, blue-collar guys. But this this is the tough – this is where they make their money, is having to make these agonizing decisions over two very, you know, capable young men. But – you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. Real quick before we go, a shout-out to the volleyball team. I would think, Luke, this is the biggest story that's not being talked about as much is how dismal the volleyball team was last year and how Jenny Hazelwood's got – they got it turned around over there. Seven and two, and uh, we'll have some volleyball interviews for uh, you, the listener, later in the week. That's going to wrap it up on this Tuesday. Appreciate you joining us. Good shows tomorrow and the rest of the week as we get ready for Southern Miss taking on hosting Northwestern State on Saturday. We'll catch you tomorrow, same time. And as always, Southern Miss to to the the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.